I don't remember much after this or like where I ended up staying, but yeah. Welcome back to the Balls, Buckets, and Bowl podcast on a Halloween night. Joining us, coming fresh off his suspension, Eric Stairs. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Glad to be here as always. Uh, yeah, stoked. Ryan Lim joining us again as always. Yeah, uh, you know, I just was in New York yesterday and a taxi cab stole my phone and sent William Powell to the hospital, but we're currently thriving. So you know what? That's fine with me. Uh, that's probably good for Will anyways. All right, so we're going to talk a bunch of stuff today, folks. Going to talk about World Series, some Texas hoops, uh, the NFL trades that went down today, and then we're going to give uh, some definitive Halloween ranking, uh, beer pong rules, all that good stuff. So let's jump right in. World Series so far, it has been a good one. Guys, who is your MVP so far in this? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to go with a kind of dark horse candidate. Um, I'm going to go Tony Watson. He used to be the closer slash reliever for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Got traded to the Dodgers, and he has been just lights out. He has one win so far. He has 3.1 innings pitched, a zero ERA, and like five or six strikeouts. Honestly, with as much uh, talk that has been going on about how much the bullpen has just been botched by the Dodgers, this is kind of their one bright spot. Um, Their starting pitching was supposed to be the um like the star of the show and everything with Kershaw, Darvish, Rich Hill, Wood. But honestly, um we we got some guys. Tony Watson has been great, Sangrani has been okay. Um I, I think that it's kind of been blown out of the water about uh how bad the Dodgers bullpen has been. Stairs, who's your MVP so far in the World Series? Ryan, I like the way that you were thinking about the pitching and so, so it sounds like what you're saying, you think the Dodgers are going to win. That means that they have to win these next two games tonight and tomorrow. I, I'm not going to give a dark horse at all. Um, Jose Altuve is, is the MVP of this series. Um, I, I'm looking at the numbers for all of these guys. They're, they're four, I guess if you want to count Gurriel, but he's not going to win MVP no matter what he does just because of his um, – classless move there that got him suspended for next season. Anyways, um, Bregman, Correa, Springer, Altuve, all two homers. Um, Correa, Bregman, and Altuve with five RBIs. But what I was really looking at was the win probability added for these guys. And uh, Jose Altuve's is uh, 7.45, which is pretty dang good for uh, – for five games, obviously a lot of that came from game five for everybody because everybody was coming up with clutch hits then. But if it's not Altuve, it's definitely Springer. Um, but it's also going to matter a lot what happens in these next two games. So yeah. it's hard to say. Yeah, Altuve had a couple big homers, one in game two, put the Astros up 4-3 in the 10th inning. I thought that was pretty good. That three-one shot in Game Five to tie the game seven-seven of the fifth was also pretty awesome. Yeah, I probably, I probably agree with you too, Stairs. What have you guys thought about these games so far? It, it feels like to me that they've been pretty interesting. Now, as someone who doesn't always watch baseball, um, 
this personally has been much more exciting. I mean, you've had two games in extra innings. You've had four games decided by two runs or less, 22 home runs so far. Ryan, do you like these games that are um, longer, uh, more home runs, more pitching changes, or do you prefer shorter, uh, low-scoring games? What do you think? Um, well, I, I'm a classic guy, so I, I grew up watching like just old-school baseball. I was watching like the, the 80s Mets like just on like VHS recordings that my dad would have laying around, and I just really appreciate good, solid pitching. Not a lot of homers. I was not a big fan of the power era, but honestly, this World Series is just so reflective of how juiced the ball is this year, how many like just three true-come-outcome like batters there are. Um, they've kind of been blowing up pitching lately, and I think this is a great reflection of how the season went. Stairs? Yeah, I agree with all of that. Uh, I am also kind of a traditionalist in the sense that I would much rather watch a 3-2 to game than a, what was that one the other night, 13-12. to um, But with that being said, uh, it is the World Series, and I absolutely agree that the balls are different 100%. <laughs> I did and see that. I did see that. Um, but they 100%. can't like throw sliders and stuff, right? It's like a little slick. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's more just the balls bouncier. I think during the regular season there was Ryan's right in the sense that yeah, we see a lot more players who are this three true outcome Cody Bellinger, Joey Gallo type. But hey, it, it's entertaining, and I like baseball obviously. And so uh, I I can't complain. (laughs) These games have been awesome. And you can't say that these games have been awesome just because of the balls or whatever. You know, these are two really good teams just going at it. And it's fun to watch. Stairs, what do you think about the Kate Upton effect? Is it real? (laughs) I I don't, I don't understand. Explain this to me a little bit. I was literally like online, like what is the Kate Upton effect? And I guess I just, it went over my head a little bit. Explain to me what it is. I don't know. I just feel like if you have Kate Upton in the stands rooting for you, you're more bound to do better than your opponent, right? I mean, yeah, it worked out the first time that Verlander pitched. I think that was because it was in L.A. I think Kate Upton, she's like a model or something. She's probably fun there. So she was probably a little more familiar with the area. The next game that Verlander pitched wasn't as good uh i think maybe because she lives with verlander in houston now maybe he forgot to like let out the dog or something but i he was definitely in the doghouse there was a i i could see the upsetment on uh on kate upton's face and i think that really just impacted him apparently this uh there's some guy who has bet on all five world series games and each time he's let it ride and he's won all of them apparently he's like up like eight million and he's bet on uh he's bet it all again on the dodgers tonight so the balls of this guy, but uh, I don't know. Part of me just wants the Dodgers to win to see it go to seven and to see if this guy bets it all again on the seventh game. I agree. Yeah, no, absolutely bold move. Um, I probably would have cashed out that $8 million, but hey, to each their own. Right? If, all right, so let's get some Texas. Like that, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, must, yeah he so. must be pretty rich, right? Yeah. All right, let's get into <laughs> some Texas hoops. Sure. Last year was a bit of a rough season, boys. 11-22, 4-14 in the conference, dead last in the Big 12. Ryan, what do you think the season looks like and uh, any predictions um, there? I, I don't want to be bold enough. I'm not going to say a number record. I think we're probably going to be a 10th seed in the dance. 
Um, I like what I've seen out of Bamba lately. He is a 19-year-old, seven-foot-nine freak that can run the floor, posterize people, and block for days. Um, honestly, one of my favorite things coming out of Texas basketball right now is we just signed the number one recruit out of Alaska. Uh, I think his last name is like Kampa or something like that. But he wants to be the first Eskimo of Inuit born or whatever you call him. Is Inuit or Eskimo? Whatever. Whatever the PC term is. He wants to be the first one to ever make it into the NBA. And he looks Asian, and I'm like super on board for that because uh, ever since Yao and Jeremy Lin, we haven't had a lot of respect. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't respect Jeremy Lin and those uh, dreadlocks. Uh, I rocking. liked his days with Charlotte. Whenever uh, it was literally him, and he had to deal with then power forward center Spencer Hawes, and Spencer Hawes would do his hair every single game, and it would just be like the most ridiculous hairstyles ever. Stairs, what do you think about this season? Um, one one thing I have to say really quickly is Obama. His wingspan is seven foot nine. <laughs> um, oh my nine. god! <laughs> nice. That'd be pretty cool if we had a guy that was eight feet tall. Um, so in terms of predictions, yeah, we're definitely in the tournament. I absolutely do not see how that uh, wouldn't work out for us this year. And to be really, really honest, last year was obviously disappointing, but I'm not mad about it at all. Thank goodness we at least knocked Tech out of the Big 12 tournament, so we got a win there. <laughs> that was cool. Um, we got to see the development of Andrew Jones, who, bless up, thank goodness he stayed. Um, that's going to make a huge difference for us. Yeah. Obviously, it's upsetting that uh, Jarrett Allen left, but I expect Mo Bamba to come in and do everything uh, do everything that he did for us, play defense and you know, rebound well and score on the interior. Yeah, the good thing about Texas Yeah. The good thing about Texas they're returning three starters. They got Curran Roach, Andrew Jones, Eric Davis. I like what you're saying though, Stairs. I think Andrew Jones is gonna have a big role. Averaged over eleven points last last year, almost four rebounds and uh, three point five assists per game. But yeah, Bomba isn't he like wasn't he like the fourth in the nation five star recruit? Exactly. I mean, that's like either way, it's that's definitely a good grab. I saw online that like if anybody asks like what what he like if he plays for UT, he says he's like a volleyball or golf player. <laughs> Love it. No, I didn't see that, but I did want to talk actually about Kerwin Roach and Eric Davis if we have the time. Oh, go uh, for it. Yeah, so those guys both sucked last year. Who they okay yeah no they sucked um, both both of their numbers fell let's look uh, Kerwin Roach field goal percentage down from forty five to thirty nine Eric Davis down from thirty seven to thirty two percent from the field that is horrible so I'm really hoping that both of those guys can settle more into kind of support roles. And you know, let Andrew Jones and Ryan Coleman and Mo Bamba kind of dominate the scoring, and they can they can focus on you know not necessarily having to run the offense, which I I think that that both of those guys put a lot of pressure on on themselves last year to be heavy contributors after both being really solid their freshman year. So I think those guys are definitely keys to the season. Well, you know, you're off to a good start when uh, Roach is like dunking over his mom, right? Yeah, yeah. I like that his mom said that he's going to be grounded if she messes up his hair on on a live television. I would ground my kid too. I don't care if he's in college. Mess up my hair. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna ground you. 
Do you guys uh, like Shaka? Do you think he? Uh, you think he's a good fit? After seeing him after uh, a couple of years. Yeah, no, right. I I think it's good. Um, wasn't Shaka there whenever VCU was like four in the tourney that year? Like honestly, um, I think he's a really good presence to bring in, and I really like what Sarah says. I think that we should get Roach and kind of the other three, four year guys that are going to stick it out. They should be more in support roles. Um, I was a big fan of what we did with uh, Javon Felix, who I I still have his phone number and I do tech sometimes, but I'm pretty sure he's working at like an enterprise car rental right now instead of being in the NBA. So, I mean, no, but but like if we're a big school, you could probably pull that at some like D2 or like really low end school, but not at Texas, man. Like you, you got to let your stars thrive and those support players be support players. All right. Any other takes on uh, Texas basketball before we turn it over to the pigskin? I had two more things really quick. Go for it. Free throws. This team has to make their dang free throws. We were last in the Big 12 last year, 65% from the line. Joey, you can shoot 65% from the line. Um, um, I don't know about 65. What I can say is I can uh, definitely hit glass. Uh, 65 <laughs> but I agree they and gotta they, make their especially in college basketball when you know when you have one and one making free throws is so important last thing is you're gonna love Dylan Ossetkowski by the end of this year uh, he was a he spent two years at Tulane transferred over to Texas last year so he had to miss the whole season last year but obviously he got to practice and learn the system and uh, you know in that controlled environment and I really, really expect him to be a huge, hugely important player on this team. He can, he can, uh, he's a big dude. I'm not sure exactly how tall he is, but he's probably going to be a four and he can shoot the ball. So expect him to be a big part of the offense and defense. All right, let's get into the NFL. Today was the trade deadline, and man, was it pretty exciting leading up to it. First one, let's talk about Kelvin Benjamin to the Bills for a 2018 third and 2018 seventh round draft picks. You know, personally, I'm not sure what the Bills are doing. I thought they were going to tank uh, earlier this season. They sent Jimmy, uh, they sent uh, Sammy Watkins to the Rams. Reports, you know, they didn't really want to give Tyrod the long term deal, so everyone thought that he was gone and that they would probably try to deal Shady too. Maybe this is because they're sitting at five and two, just a halfback game at New England. And they're thinking, okay. They have no one at wide receiver. I mean, LaShawn McCoy was uh, becoming their best receiver. They're having to play Zay Jones, Andre Holmes, who just they couldn't get it open at all. And I, I could see that maybe they're like, okay, we, we need a wide receiver talent, and they made a move. But I don't know, just interesting. Interesting that they, the, the Panthers gave him up as well, uh, especially mm-hmm. you have uh, Greg Olson out. Um, Devin Funches has uh, stepped up a little bit, but I don't know. Uh, definitely uh, strikes a blow to Cam. But, uh, Ryan, what do you think about this? Um, uh, I mean, okay, so I've been thinking about this all day since I read the news, and it kind of makes sense for both sides. I mean, for the Bills, they're back in this. Nobody expected them to have this good of a season thus far, especially with their roster. I thought they were going to be a tank team, but now I think that they realize that they have a shot at winning, like at least getting into the wild card. They're in a wild card spot right now. And they gave up on Sammy Watkins. Um, I don't think anybody really liked him there. I I think you're kind of getting the same kind of player in Kelvin Benjamin, Sammy Watkins, like that like second tier receiver. Like people know who they are, but they're not prolific. They're not elite. Um, for the Panthers, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, 
You you can move McCaffrey into a slot role, give Jonathan Stewart majority of the carries. McCaffrey was never hitting like double digits this season anyways. They were using him more as a receiver. It makes sense there. The Bills want to win, and like I think their like leading receiver this year was like Charles Clay before he went out. Zay Jones hasn't really panned out, and who else are they going to throw it to? I mean, it, it kind of makes sense for both teams. It's not a sexy trade at all, I don't think. I think they there's a possibility that both teams are going to get burned, but I mean, we could be looking back at this and saying this is one of the better trades. I mean, giving up a third and a seventh round pick for Kelvin Benjamin, I think I would do that if I owned a franchise. Yeah, especially with like their lack of wide receiver talent too. Stairs, any takes I on have, that? Yeah, I have the answer for you. Their leading receiver is LaShawn McCoy. Um, <laughs> in terms of in terms of receptions at least. He's got thirty eight catches, actually. And then Ryan, you're right. Next most is Charles Clay, who I'm, I'm yeah, like, he's hurt. Yeah, he's ninety percent sure that neither of those guys are receivers. Um, I think that um, Jordan Matthews has like fifteen catches, which is the most for a wideout for them. Um, and I, I like this move personally. I think that Kelvin Benjamin is way the heck better than than Sammy Watkins. I think that he's got a lot more over-the-middle type of ability to catch the ball. He's got 32 catches for 475 yards, which is going to lead the Bills by more than 200 yards so far into the season. So I I like the Bills. I've been watching them a lot just because I have McCoy and uh, Tyrod Taylor on one of my fantasy teams, and I like them. I think they're solid. So I like this trade for the Bills. All right, let's get into the next one. We got Jay Ajayi to the Eagles for a fourth-round pick. You know, there's two two parts of this. Eagles obviously are not secure with Blunt and Wendell Smallwood. I mean, otherwise they just wouldn't make this deal. I personally thought that they were enough for them to be able to get by. Uh, and then the other part of this too is that, like, man, did the Dolphins are were trying to clean house. It looked like they were they traded a Jai, and then uh, for a while I think they were taking offers on Jarvis Landry too. Um, you know, but you can't really. I guess you can't blame them too bad when they're like statistically the worst offense in the NFL does that does I think this obviously makes the Eagles better um Ryan do you think this kind of lofts them in an, another spot ahead of perhaps the Steelers or Patriots or Chiefs or anybody else you might have above them I mean so my thing is like the Eagles being up here and one of the biggest complaints I've been hearing is that there is really no true running back in Philadelphia I mean, you kind of got you got Wendell Smallwood, who's kind of a scat back type style. You got Blunt, who's like a down the hill runner, but none of them none of them really get the carries that like a traditional running back should. Um, I love Jay Ajahi. I I played three years of high school football with him, and he destroyed me every time. If you want to go look at my huddle, I think he averaged like twelve yards against me every every time he faced me. So I'm very happy for him. Um, I, I think Miami was kind of a sinking ship. Uh, I'm very, I, I'm pretty surprised that they're sitting at like what, like four and two because they missed the first week against the Bucks. Yeah, four and three. So they've only, yeah, four and two. Um, I, I think it's, I think they're kind of bailing on that ship. Um, I'm happy that he got moved to a team that is going to have some success. I mean, last year he was a Pro Bowler with 1,200 yards, and that's just something that you can't overlook. Um, I think his career would have died in Miami, and I'm really happy for him, like, personally, as a friend. Stairs, what do you think about this trade? Sure. Whatever. I don't think that JHL is that good. Uh, let's look at it here. So, <laughs> first off, yeah, Miami is uh, so much they're a dumpster fire. They're a dumpster fire. 
and uh, looks like their run blocking over there in Miami is ranked 31st out of 30, how many two? 30, 32 teams, I believe. Um, and Philadelphia is only only 21st. This is These are ranks are from uh, football outsiders, by the way. I didn't calculate them myself. Um, and Ajayi is at – He's the sixth worst yards per carry of any back with 50-plus touches. So to tell you the truth, I don't know if it's going to get much better in terms of his actual play, but he's definitely going to look better, especially to fantasy owners, because A, the Eagles are awesome, and they have the ball a lot, and they score a lot. So he's just going to be in scoring positions. I guess in terms of touchdowns, you got to worry about the fact that he does not bust long runs, and... Like Garrett Blunt's going to get the ball within the five-yard line for the Eagles. So I still think this trade makes the Eagles better, and I definitely think that the Dolphins should have gotten more for him. What they get, a second-rounder or a fourth-rounder? A fourth-rounder. Fourth-rounder. Okay. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, so, I I would take a giant over Blunt, and I think it does make him better. Uh, I think it was, but I think it was a little bit unnecessary for them to make that move. But I mean, my my big thing is the Dolphins drafted Ajahi in the fourth round, so I mean, they basically just kind of punted on him. You know? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into the next one. This is a uh, probably the big one that is. Is I think like this is the one that got everybody to uh, speculate about what's going on with the Patriots, and it, they send Jer- Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers for a second round pick. Um, you know, obviously they must be either comp- there's a, either they're either confident in the health and longevity of Tom Brady, or they felt like they weren't going to get anything out of Jimmy Garoppolo, and they probably knew more than uh, what most player uh, teams had seen from him on the field. Ryan, what is your take on the on what the, what's going on in uh, Foxborough? I, I mean, I, I think this makes a lot more sense for the 49ers. Um, I mean, they weren't going anywhere with CJ. They obviously cut Brian Hoyer. So, um, you, you know, it makes a lot of sense for them. Like, why not take the shot? They're, they're rebuilding anyways. If they can catch lightning in a bottle, that makes sense for them. For the Patriots, not, not really. I mean, Tom Brady... He is an Iron Man, and he's probably going to destroy my favorite team, the Jets, for a very long time. But at the same time, there is no safety behind him. Um, he is getting up there in age, and if he goes down, the Patriots are sunk, which is bad because this is a perennial championship team. Like um, They are one of the very few teams in the NFL that I can say that have a shot at the Super Bowl automatically. They have the AFC Championship like if they want it. Um, I don't really understand it from their perspective. My biggest takeaway is that it gives the Jets a solid future. Um, I mean, because like once Brady retires, if they don't have a suitable backup behind him whenever he decides to do that, then it's an open division for the first time since I've been alive. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like if if they thought Brady was going to make it a while, I mean, wouldn't I mean they've been grooming this guy for a long time? But like, how many more years do you possibly give Brady? Two, three, max? I mean. I- I mean, my big thing about that is the Patriots are so finicky. I mean, they literally gave up on Mallet and replaced him with Garoppolo. So, I mean, I think they yeah. think that they can just replace this guy with any schmo off the street. I've seen some bigger conspiracy theories like, oh, Belichick's over with. He's just trying to send away picks now and ride out his days with Brady and then retire. But I don't know. I don't believe that. Stairs, any takes? I, I don't understand it from the Patriots' standpoint. Uh 
I love it for the 49ers. This guy is clearly better than um, CJ Beat Hard. I just wanted to say it like that. Uh, <laughs> um, but I like Garoppolo. He's let us – I mean, to, to the point that Ryan made about being able to replace – the, uh, you know, your backups. Let's not forget that they were 4-0 last year with Jacoby Brissett, who looks totally lost in Indianapolis right now. And granted, that that's a dumpster fire of its own over there. The Patriots are well coached. Their front office knows what they're doing. So it's hard for me to say, oh, that was stupid by the Patriots. Uh, they definitely do not have Edelman to be their backup quarterback right now, though. So. Stairs, I just want to say, right. just let me dream for once as a Jets fan. <laughs> I have zero hope for the NFL season, and this is like the one bright spot of my season. So just please let me let me have some hope. Hey, J- James Igo has hope. Talk to oh, him. God. What are y'all, four and oh, three right God. now? All right, let's uh, keep it moving. Let's talk about the deal that wasn't. <laughs> In typical Browns fashion, they had a deal. Apparently they had a deal with the Bengals for A.J. McCarron but missed the deadline. Apparently they have both agreed to the trade. The Bengals approved the trade to the NFL, but the Browns did not. And then they tried to dispute to the NFL that it should go through, but it was denied. Got to say, typical Browns move. Um, this is, I mean, there, there's, there's, this just uh, is weird. I mean, most, I mean, even for the Browns, most like officials are like, uh, you know, they're very punctual. They're on time. They would get to this deadline. They know exactly what the trade deadline is. It's one of the bigger deadlines in the NFL season. A lot of people are speculating that either that this means that Hugh Jackson wanted him and then that someone up above must have said, no, cut the deal, we're not doing it, and that likely Hugh Jackson's probably fired at the end of the season. But got to say, this gotta get, uh, it's probably going to be pretty awkward for uh, Deshaun Kaiser, right, Ryan? Yeah, no, I think the biggest winner here is A.J. McCarron. Um, just imagine waking up this morning and you see AJ McCarron traded to the Browns. You you literally see your career flash before your eyes, and this fumble by the Browns is just like they are the factor of sadness. They just can't have good things. And after I saw this move of how it was just fumbled, I I think that the next winner of the Canadian Football League should replace the Cleveland Browns. Whoever wins the Grey Cup next year should just outright replace the Cleveland Browns. How, from an organizational standpoint, how can you let this happen? Yeah, you know, I be, AJ McCarron is probably praying to whatever uh, he believes is God right now because, I mean, that's just an immediate career ender right there to be sent to the Browns. Yes, I don't want to talk about this. The Browns suck. They need to, they need to just stop. They need to disband. Um, Really quick, we're going to talk about the Zeke suspension. The only reason I say really quick is uh, just because it feels like every week this thing just gets uh, flipped and then flipped back and then flipped. Right now it's supposed to stay. Um, You know, I said this in the beginning of the season. I said if he doesn't play, if he misses six games, the Cowboys will not make the playoffs. Um, Right now the games he's going to miss, Chiefs at Falcons, Eagles, Chargers, Redskins at Giants. At Falcons is going to be a tough game. Playing the Chiefs this week is going to be a tough game. The Eagles are probably top two, top three team in the league. Um, the Red, you know, the Redskins again. It's hard to beat a in division team twice every year. Doesn't matter how good or bad you are. Uh, but you know, I, I said it. I said it from the very beginning. I don't. I didn't believe the Cowboys had a defense that was good enough. While they have played a lot better, um, the pass rush is good. The secondary is still a little shaky, but. 
we'll see. You know, they beat a good, they beat a decent Redskins team. We'll see how they do this week with the Chiefs. Um, but yeah, we won't talk about it too much just because who knows what it could be flipped by tomorrow morning. But Ryan, yeah, um, I mean, I've been in law school for four months now, so I don't want to say I'm an expert, but I think I am the most qualified person in the entire world to speak on this. And I will say <laughs> that with he's going through federal court right now, and the appeals process is made to like give the person who's appealing time to do so. So if he really wanted to, and I bet the Cowboys have a better lawyer than I will ever be in my life, and they have somebody on the ground that will extend this at least until next season. Um, you can't appeal like that quickly and a court deny you just because like the system is supposed to like give time to the average person and they can't make exceptions just because you're famous. All right, Stairs, are you ready for your moment? As, <laughs> so as, as resident – okay, so Stairs is otherwise known to the people who do not know as beer pong – rules douche this guy <laughs> uh, this guy will intentionally cock block himself out of uh potential uh female encounters strictly to adhere to the strict rules that he will set forth now stairs take it away buddy okay well first of all i have to say that uh, i would be uh i'd be nothing without my uh, my beer pong confidants in Ben Warren and Drew Clark and uh, Siva. So all of these, all these rules that we created were, um, they were created because we needed them and because we played so much at some point in time that we needed, we just needed more structure. So we wouldn't argue, you know, um, I guess great. Get to the rules. Okay, fine. Fine. Hope. Um, okay. So, (laughs) The most, single most important rule in my mind is you got to make all ten cups to beat somebody. I um, I am so sick of of people thinking that <laughs> that death cup is cool. Just just whenever you make the cup and they forget to pull it, just tell them. That is extremely important and close to my heart. Um, redemption. I'm sorry. If I beat you 10 cups to zero, there's absolutely no reason that it should be easy for you to stay alive. you got to make all <laughs> the cups, right? Come on. Come on. Um, and then final, finally, my uh, make 10 cups point is you have to mean to bounce it to for your bounce or for your – uh, you know, if it like bounces off the top of a couple cups, it's not two. Shut up. You made one cup. Pull one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, easy. No lightning. None of that bullshit. Yeah, it's lightning or electricity, I think, is what is what the freshmen call it. Um, in terms of rules to continue, uh, house rules are, are uh, very important. That's, that is a, a strict policy. And I'm not saying your house. Like if I'm at your house, we're still playing by my rules. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so stairs is house's rules. No, no, how it's capitalized house rules. Uh, <laughs> okay, were, then just say were, federal federal rules, federal mandated sure, stairs rules. Sure. Yeah, six cups for the re-rack. No, none of that. None of that seven honeycomb type of BS. Um, <laughs> 
I think that it's always appropriate to give somebody gentlemen's as well with two and one cup because it just makes it faster. Like, I get that I was just harping on making all of the cups, but a lot of the time there's people like waiting on you. So might as well just re-rack it for them, even if they have two re-racks. Um, what else? What other uh, important burning questions are there about beer pong? Well, I definitely agree with all of that you said before. I think the basically, I think the point of these rules is to play the most effective game of beer pong, the one that shows how good you are at simply making yeah. the ball in the cup in the most definitely. timely manner possible, right? And so that's what definitely. all these rules should be about. With that said, none of this bullshit lightning stuff. You didn't try it. You didn't, that wasn't skill at all. Bouncing takes right. bouncing takes skill if you mean to do it. Bouncing definitely takes skill. But, yeah, that's why you get two cups. Um, what else? Uh, what's uh, what's the go to re rack stairs? Oh, oh yes, good point. I meant to talk about this at all. Okay, so for all of you uh, youngsters out there, um, I'm sure you guys are playing water pong, but please cut cut it with the three two one. It's it sucks. Use use the three three offset. You might call it a highway or like a super zipper. I guess zipper is typically like a three two, but use the vertical lanes. It promotes good form. It will help you get better, and it's easier to make. Cut it with three two one. That shit sucks. Sorry. Um, that's the main thing. Or okay, so Derek would be pissed if I didn't call it winners rerack. So. Um, that's obviously what it's called. So yeah, vertical lanes. Derek, does, Derek doesn't even remember where he was. We don't need to worry about him. <laughs> okay, so if if you um, if you have any beer pong questions, uh, Ben, Seba, Drew, and I are actually in the process of publishing a beer pong rules book that that starts you from the very uh, building blocks to the uh, most complex of rules. Oh, I can't wait to see that be a bestseller. Uh, hope you better create your own Amazon uh, subtopic for that. Ryan, any uh, input or um, comments on these? Fresh from your potty break, any uh, input on uh, these? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I will say that I, uh, for all the listeners out there, I will default to stairs. Uh, as everybody knows, or I have we ever talked about this? But we were all we were all in the same fraternity. That's how that's how we kind of got this going. But anyways, the most mad I've ever seen stares at me is as our first night as pledges, uh, me and my pledge brother, Jesus, actually beat stairs in a BP match, and I literally thought I was going to get punched in the face. It happens. Hey, I'm working on it. I'm working so, on that. I just don't lose anymore. <laughs> I will say many, many times have I seen uh, stairs fail to court uh, said girl because of uh, beer pong rules. All right, that's enough of that bullshit. <laughs> let's get into our top, it's Halloween. Let's each give our top three Halloween official rankings. We're gonna get into some ranking stuff. First one, Halloween. Ryan, give me your top three. Oh God, I you already know I'm really bad at lists. Um, so my favorite, uh, I'm going to have to go a hundred grand bar. I don't, I don't even know if, do they still, do they still make that oh, at three or one? What are, which, what, what do you think? At, at, oh, at number one, are we going reverse or right, at number one, you got the hundred grand bar. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. At number two, sour gummy worms. Mm. Um, love them. I love everything gummy <laughs> and the sour just really, just really puts me over the top. And then um, I'm going to go three 
um, the left side of the Twix bar. Um, it is superior to the right <laughs> side of the Twix bar. I don't care what you say. It is better by far. Stairs, top three. Ooh, that's tough. Okay, so I, I don't buy into the nougat, caramel, caramel stuff. Uh, I would say number one is probably gotta stay classic here. I'm gonna go with the Reese's cup, but I want the I want like the big one, the one that's like half a like an inch and a half in diameter, and not like one of those little squatty tiny ones. I mean, those are good. Too. And then again, another classic. I'm gonna say number two is Starburst. Oh, I don't eating. think that's that classic, honestly, for a Halloween candy. Really? All right. Really? Yeah. Just like I don't know, the little, because the little like two packs. Yeah, I mean, I okay, I just I, yeah, I could see that in a good Halloween pack, but I don't. It wouldn't be in my top three. But go ahead, stairs. What's your round it out? And then probably number three would be sour warheads. Those, mm, whoa. those things were just fun. They're so sour. And is that because you this... look like the guy in the package? <laughs> hey, you're you're giving me too much credit. Uh, but I like, I like sour. I like, I like fruity stuff. You know, that's typically where I tend to lean. Uh, that's why I was okay with losing those girls over beer pong rolls. Um, but so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get a little bit off the beaten path. Joey, what are yours? All right. First of all, hundred grand bar trash, sour warheads, trash. The people, the people know what's up, and we're gonna start from the bottom here. Number three, Butterfinger, classic one. Oh, nice. Great crunch, lots of chocolate, very delicious. Number two, we're gonna go with the Twix here. Um, good caramel tasting, uh, another chocolate, right or left, you know, to each his own, whatever you're, whatever you're feeling. Either one is good. Both provide a lot of flavor. Number one absolutely has to be without a doubt reese's peanut butter cups go to rich neighborhood get the king size highly recommend that and that is the top three undisputed halloween candy rankings so we just had two out of three people say that reese's piece or reese's cups were number one right yep okay undisputed. well uh, Ryan, Ryan, can i, I interject like three i think quick. or two but yeah uh i i would say my least favorite candy ever would be uh, a box of dots with a razor blade in it, and it's not. And it's not even for the razor blade. Like seriously, I don't even mind that. It's the fact it's the that dots. people still hand out dots. It's the dots, right? Um, give me the razor blade every day. I put. I'd probably put the razor blade at like my second least favorite. And you don't even and shave. dots at my most. You don't even shave. You don't need the razor blade. No, I'm not trying to eat one. Yeah, dots suck. Um, did you guys see some athletes dressing up? My favorite two, Russell Wilson dressed as Pete Carroll for Halloween. He was just chewing gum the entire time and like a white wig and stuff. Just chewing that gum. I love I love seeing Pete Carroll so pissed off on the sideline doing that. My other favorite, LeBron is Pennywise. I mean, could you imagine seeing some six foot eight, two hundred and fifty pound clown sitting right in a corner? Oh, terrifying. Okay, I I don't I don't like that one. That's just terrifying. Like Go ways. go back to your. Can you imagine Pennywise, a six foot eight Pennywise in the Kia Optima that he totally drives? <laughs> because that's what the that's what the ads say. Oh, like, I would, you know would scare the shit out of me. He definitely took that to the party. All right, uh, stairs. Before we get out of here, we got to get your top five domestics. Uh, you have not given in on the pod, and Lord knows you love your beer. <laughs> so go ahead, buddy. So I was talking to uh, Paul Weatherby about this this week, actually, and I really think it depends on if you're drinking it out of a can or out of a bottle. 
because if it's coming out of the bottle, 100% of the time, I'm going Miller Lite. That's my number one, followed by Coors. And then I'll give I'll give Bud Light number three. And then – or sorry, excuse me. Number two would be Coors Light. Sorry. And then I guess I'll give number four Budweiser. And then number five – because I, I like the little squatty-ass bottles. I think they're fun. Um, but out of a can, honest to God, I think that I might like Bud Light the most. Whoa, uh, didn't see that I'm not just I'm, I'm not just saying that for you, but it's it's found a place in my heart recently. Um, and then again, like... He's just trying just not to get suspended every- again, right, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's kissing ass over here. Hey, I have I have Zeke on my fantasy team in the listener league, so that should be enough. That should be enough of a suspension for me. Oh, uh, true. All right, go ahead. Number two. After I after I took over the number one seed this week. Number two. But yeah, yeah. It, and the rest of them, we'll just like shift it back. Still gonna go Miller, and then Coors Light, and then Budweiser. But it's getting into Budweiser season because like it's heavier and it's better to drink, I think, than light beers in the uh, in the cold months of the year. So, and then, you know, fifth again, Coors, which I think is pretty dang good. So, all right. I'm well, not going uh, to sit here and talk trash about any of them, though. Gotta say, uh, I like it. Definitely one of our uh, more um, by the books top five rankings, way better than Shitty Ash Ryan's rankings. So. Uh, again, there is no Milwaukee's best in there. True, but that's I, good for everybody. Lone Star right. gets honorable mention. That's it. Wait, okay, Joey, Joey. That. Yeah. Can I do can I do one thing that I've been wanting to do every show I've been on? Is it is it bad? No, 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 no. Uh, I want I my thing is every time I'm on one of your podcasts, I want to read you a uh, an incoherent rap lyric and you have to tell me what you think it means. Oh god. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is this is uh, uncharted territory. You got 1 minute. Hurry up, go. Okay. Um the the quote is you get the bag and fumble it. I get the bag, flip it, and tumble it. Yeah, straight out the loot, three hundred cash. Uh, I'm assuming so. You get the bag and fumble it. So I'm assuming it's like a drug bag of some sort. So maybe okay, uh, yes, correct, it. correct. Um, I get the bag and tumble it. So maybe pours it out into something. And then what? What was the second part of that? Uh, straight out the lot, three hundred cash. And uh, I guess he made three hundred dollars off a gram of coke. Oh. Boom! That was perfect. Off, All right. Wow. Awfully <laughs> close. Can no, I read me, you? Let me go, Ryan. I know. I know it. I know it. I know it. Can I? Can I read you it's... the rap genius uh, definition? Hurry up! Hurry up! Okay. Migos have rapped about dealing synthesizing drugs throughout their entire discography. Here, Quavo is boasting about the proficiency and experience in selling drugs for profit, i.e., c flipping and tumble it. Fucking nailed it. All right. For Ryan, for Stairs, follow us at the BBB Podcast on iTunes, at the BBB Pod on Twitter. I am Joey. See you later, folks. Peace.